Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you here on this Saturday morning. We're going to talk today with a gentleman that I've known for, well, a gentleman I guess that's known me all my life. He's a little bit older than me, but not much. You know, when you think back to your childhood and growing up places, not only your parents' house, but your grandparents' house, and back at a time when everybody knew everybody, uh, you think about certain people that just left an impression on you, and this guy's family did just that with me and our family because they lived right next door to my grandparents. Welcome to Lee Wild. Lee, glad to have you this morning. It's a pleasure to be here, Doug. And uh, Lee is the son of Leo and Libby Wild, and there's a reason we're going to particularly talk about Leo and Libby today, and it has to do with the 4th of July, but we'll get into that in just a little while. They lived on the Greenwood Drive, and we've discussed that on this program before, and some of the different people that lived over there lived right next door to my grandparents, uh, Cecil and Dixie Roar. So I knew Lee and knew his sister and knew his parents well, and, and I will start by saying that when my growing up years, Leo and Libby Wow were two of my favorite people, treated us so very well, and were great neighbors to my grandparents. First off, where are you now, and how, what have you been doing with your life? Well, Doug, I reside in Mercer County. Yeah. Uh, Salvice is the address. We actually live in northwestern Mercer County. Some of the central Kentuckians may know of places called Terrapin, Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. And now that's where I am. I guess I'm in the greater Terrapin area. <laughs> now, you, you of course, went to Jessamine County High, where yes, you graduated. I, I graduated from Jessamine County High School. Lived here uh, all your life. But uh, what happened? Let's just talk about Lee a little bit. What happened after school? Where did you head off to? Well, I, I graduated from the University of Kentucky in 1977 and with a degree in civil engineering and, and worked in that field 30 plus years with various engineering companies and land surveying companies. Did work here around uh, Nicholasville and Jessamine County and traveled a lot. And that was uh, my vocation. It, it more or less served me well. Good. Now, where are your sisters in Lexington? My sister is in Lexington. That's Elizabeth Jane. Right. Uh, she graduated from Jessamine County in mm-hmm. 1969, and she and her husband uh, have a security business. You, of course, like others that I talk to that your age, uh, have some special memories of growing up here in this place, back when it was more like a Mayberry than it is now, of course. But there were so many great things that happened back then. We were just discussing before we went on the air about some financial matters, and things have changed. Your dad was in the banking business for years at First National Bank, and how things have changed in that regard because back then Lee everybody basically knew everybody Uh, you didn't just know each other's name you knew each other's family and their history and their problems and their good times and their bad times he was at First National for a long time yes First National Bank now he was there I guess with Brian Risk and some of that uh, bunch and actually uh, Mr. Pete Knight was was there as chairman of the board they started in the building on Main Street Mm -hmm. uh, which later became WNVL right Dad and Brian were pretty much the ones that catered to the customers. Yeah. Of course, they had a, a wonderful staff of tellers and things like that that took the accounts and things like that. But that could be a whole show in itself. Yeah. You, I was just sitting here thinking, and I know I, I won't get them all, but you think about names. Uh, people like Helen Blakeman and Teeny Moore, oh, and we is. just talked to Doris Stevenson, and, and the list goes on and on and on of people that worked uh, at First National Bank. Ali, you didn't know this, but before we interviewed you, I had a chance to talk to one of those former employees, Doris Stevenson. She not only told us how it was to work for your dad, Leo, but also their involvement with the fireworks display. 
Mr. Wilde, as we called him then, was a very fair man. I couldn't have asked for a better person to have worked for. I'm not exactly sure how many years I worked for him as a secretary, but I enjoyed every year that I did work for him. So do you have any remembrances of working with him when it came to the fireworks presentation? Oh, yes, I do. He he was so excited about the fireworks, yeah. and the day after the fireworks, he would start working on the next year, and he really enjoyed it. Now, was that part of your involvement in well, helping him? sort of. I mean, he was the leader, right. but I would sort of helped a little bit, I guess. Thanks, Doris. Now back to the interview with Lee. You mentioned it was at the the place where NVL eventually was. While at NVL for years, our production room was the old First National Vault because it was soundproof. We could shut the door and do all our recording in there and not have to worry about any outside sounds. And that was just right down the street from where we are now, Jess FM. And of course, they eventually moved up to the corner of Oak and Main. That's correct. Where Central Bank is Central now. Is there now. Yeah, next to Sutherland. I guess at that time. Those were good days and days when uh, banking was a whole lot more personal than it is now. But he was there for a long time and, and did a heck of it. And that's how a lot of people know him. But there's another way that a lot of people know him. And that is what brings us here today with the 4th of July. How many times I have heard from people in this community, man, I wish the I wish the fireworks were back at the high school for the Fourth of July. And if you are listening out there and remember those days, what you may or may not know is that your dad Leo was kind of the spearhead of all that. Well, he he had and he had I guess the glamour job and you know lighting that big bomb. <laughs> <laughs> how do you know how that got started? How did it you know, happen for him to do that? I'm not sure, Doug. I, my earliest memories of actually when they set the fireworks off up at the end of Lake Street on mm-hmm. Legion Field. Okay. Yeah, so that was... So that was a precursor to where Jessamine County High is, which is now West Jessamine High, out there. And, and uh, of course, the memory was of the 4th of July. You uh, showed up for the last day of baseball season mm-hmm. because that's where all your Babe Ruth and Little League was played. And that was uh, that night everybody gathered for the announcement of the All-Stars, and then the grand finale was the fireworks. He did a lot of work on that. I mean, that wasn't something you just did in a week or a month. Well, well he did, and he and he had a lot of help. You know, the businesses, uh, coaches, and former players for the Little League and Blade Ruth, mm-hmm. they helped him. Throughout the community, there were people that participated with Dad and had everything from bringing ice water out to them while they were digging the holes to set the mortars. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, I can think of Dick Morton and Delta Gas. Right. Joe Peel with Delta Gas. Delta Gas is trucks were always there right always there available to help and of course moms and dads coming out to the baseball games mm-hmm. uh, they had ice cream suffers moms on the teams uh, players cooked cakes mm-hmm. they had cakewalk mm-hmm. anybody ever heard of a cakewalk <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true but uh, just just a real community effort and, and of course i know you know this and i don't mean to be getting ahead but every firework that was lit that night yeah. You know, was sponsored by some Jessamine County business. Right. That was that was tremendous. So, in other words, that basically, the fireworks themselves were paid for. Right. They, when they went boom. They were paid, they for. were paid for. Now, your mom had a hand in a lot of that. Yes. Now, she was, she, I guess by default, she had the job of going around to the businesses. And, and it was, it actually had done it so much. It, she'd go into one, any local business, uh, grocery or whatever, and says, well, y'all want to. 
you know, renew your sponsorship <laughs> of such and such, or would you like to step up from a from just an aerial shale to one of the ground this right. or something? You know, I had the pleasure of announcing a few of those right toward the end that they happened, set in the press box, and and I still have to this day some people who will look at me and remind me that you know you would say that the the grand yellow starburst with blue sparkles is sponsored by, <laughs> and you'd announce that name. You know, I that was great advertising. Sure, it was. Yeah, a lot because those stand were full. I remember one year, though, one of the last years that they had it out there, it rained terribly. It was a downpour, and there was no way they were going to be able to have fireworks that day. And I don't know if you remember or not, but at that time, Harlan Veal, auctioneer, school teacher, lots of things. But anyway, the auction business, he had a pickup truck that had a windowed camper on the back. And you could stand up in it, and he had shelves in it, and that he used it as an auction truck. He'd take it out to somebody's farm, and that was his headquarters, and he had it rigged up with speakers and microphones and all this kind of stuff. So they had me go to Mr. Veal and get his truck and ride around the neighborhoods in town all day long announcing over and over, because I could drive and use the mic at the same time, that the fireworks had been canceled. We're going to do it again tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, and da-da-da. And I rode all over town that day just hollering out in the rain that this was what was going to happen. And, and, you know, people still showed up. They came and enjoyed it. Of course, there's still a big fireworks thing with uh, Ricky Corman has right. done for years. And and it's a little bit different, although it's nice. But back when your dad had it, and it was just something special. I think it's just because everybody everybody came and everybody has just had a good time. It was a community deal. He worked, but that's not an easy job. I mean, there had to be a science pretty much from the day, I'm assuming you start on the next year, the day after. Well, that's true. It, it was a year-long thing that, uh, you know, if, if there was problems, which I can't remember very many problems, mm-hmm. but, you know, you ordered the fireworks out of Toledo, Ohio, usually. That's, yeah. where they, that's where they came from. They shipped them in here, yeah. you know, on rail cars, dropped them off at the depot there. Really? <laughs> in Nicholas. Did you store them at your house? Yes. Really? Yeah, of course, we didn't. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody that. <laughs> in our garage behind our house, you know, yeah. we had boxes and boxes of fireworks. <laughs> One didn't accidentally ever go off on no, Greenwood No, it never did. I had, I had strict instructions about, <laughs> look, don't touch, yeah. don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Leo and Libby, some background on them. Well, uh, both my mother and father are from Somerset, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Dad was born in 1923, mother in 1924. They both graduated from Somerset High School the same year. Mm-hmm. Mother actually skipped a grade in school. You know, women are smarter than <laughs> Of course. <laughs> but they grew up during the Depression, which, uh, you know, obviously had a lot to do with the way mm-hmm. they grew up and how they handled their children, how they did business. Right. Dad went, Dad and mother were both veterans. Yeah, uh, I didn't was, realize your mom was a yes, veteran. Indeed, really? Yes, indeed. Uh, Dad was a. It was in the U.S. Army. Served in the China Burma Theater, basically uh, most of the time in uh, Calcutta, India. Mother joined the Navy later in the war she, because her father would not sign for her. She wanted to go immediately, right? But uh, her father wouldn't do that, so she had to be. I think finally, by the time she turned twenty. She was able to enlist herself yeah. in the Navy in what they <laughs> called uh, waves. Right. And right. Uh, she taught navigation and was a certified link trainer at uh, Pensacola, Florida. She can remember John Wayne and Ted Williams being on base. Yeah. There's suspicion that 
the first man to walk on the moon was, in fact, one of her students. And that's, is that's that Shepherd, right? I believe. Alan Shepard. His book, his uh, name is in her log. What about that? As a flyer or something. Isn't that a interesting? Yeah, sure is. So they eventually, how did they meet? Well, they met in high school, and there's a notation on, uh, in one of Dad's notes said, I'm leaving for, uh, on the train to go to Cincinnati, been, you know, drafted, uh, left my big-ass sweater with Mary Elizabeth Wilde. What about that? <laughs> so high school sweethearts, uh, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but later in high school, yeah. I think. After the war, both of them went to college on the uh, GI Bill, both at University of Kentucky. Mother graduated in 49 because she had been to Eastern as well mm-hmm. uh, and had some, also had, uh, had some college credit. Mother graduated with a degree in journalism, and at one time she did some substitute radio announcing and shows for WNVL. Really? Let's see, they called it. She had journalism, but it was whatever they called radio, yeah. <laughs> you know, but with the radio option, or let's call it. Now, would those have been the days of Charlie Esposito? We mentioned no. him. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, back when he was. was at NVL. That's correct. For, when it, for very first. That would have been back, well, in the 60s. Uh, the station actually went on the air in 62. Mm-hmm. Catherine Peden was the one that actually opened it. So I think Charlie was mid to late 60s. That sounds okay. about right. Yeah, my, I, that sounds correct. Yeah. She, one of her classmates at UK was Harry Dean Stanton, also with a degree in journalism. Is that right? Yeah. And, of course, that's the actor. That right. I think they have a that's Harry Dean Stanton. What, uh, what brought them to here? How'd they find well, themselves? Well, Dad played baseball mm-hmm. for the University of Kentucky Wildcats. He did not let her due to the fact that Blanton Collier and Adolph Rupp had athletes on their team that in order to maintain them on scholarship had to have a letter from one of the sports at UK. Mm-hmm. This, this is the story. Dad played for the Cats, mm-hmm. pitched for them, mm-hmm. but didn't get a letter because one of the football players needed that baseball letter to, <laughs> to do whatever. That's, that's the way that worked. Dad met through the University of Kentucky baseball team, uh, people here in Nicholasville, and was asked to play for what they call the Nicholasville Knicks. That was a semi-pro baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you did then on Sundays. Right. You know, after church. Right. right. You know, you went out and watched the Knicks play, or, you know, if, uh, if the Knicks went to Garrett County or Mercer County mm-hmm. or Harrodsburg, mm-hmm. that was where everybody was at the ballpark. That's interesting. And one of the people that kind of got him down to the Knicks was Sam Sternberg. Oh, yeah. There was a Beatty Watts, who uh, that's one of Pete Knight's uh, son-in-laws, I guess, or cousins, possibly. Uh-huh. But uh, long story short, Dad had graduated college and was coaching uh, basketball and teaching at uh, Nicholas County High, that's mm-hmm. near Carlisle. Mm-hmm. The city manager job came available, and he was asked by somebody associated with the baseball team, if you're interested in coming to work in you know, Nicholasville as city manager. The uh, Farmers Bank president, this fellow lived next door to each other up on Maple Street. Jeter. Now, I, I believe Mr. Jeter. Mr. Jeter. Yeah. He may have been the mayor. He was, that he was, was mayor before Woody Grow, yeah. yeah. That was around that time. Yeah. Early 50s. Uh, about 1951, he became uh, city manager. That's about the same time they moved to Nicholasville, and mm-hmm. my uh, sister was born in 1951. I was born 
two years later in 1953. So dad becomes city manager. That was getting down near the end of his baseball career here and still did a lot of umpiring and stuff around the thing. And I'm sure his umpiring and, you know, the beginning of Babe Ruth and Little League here and things was setting off the fireworks. That's kind of how that all came yeah. together. What did he major in at UK? He was a, a history ed- education, you know, uh, education major. So so he coached and he came and he was sitting back. How did banking come along? Well, about 1958 or 59, he left the uh, city of Nicholasville and First National Bank hired him. That's the way he was. Yeah, and, right. And uh, they, like I say, it was he and Brian Risk were the main uh, loan officers there in the old building just down the street. Right. And shortly thereafter, they, they moved up to the corner of Oak and Main. That's kind of and that's the how it happened. That's <laughs> yeah. how it happened. You know, you grew up here in, in this town in a pretty unique time, so much different than it is now. What's uh, what's some of your good memories of growing up at this place? Well, you have to start out with Greenwood Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the way we ripped and ran and bicycled, and we were just talking about that all over town, and we wore out our neighbors down the street. You know, lot there was a one vacant lot on Greenwood there. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely tore it up playing football or baseball. Of course, when you are the period you're talking about, that was the edge of town. That's correct. I mean, you go any further than that, you were out in the country. Hickory Hill was not there yet. You know, that's probably two or three years later, but that was, uh, you know, that was the edge of town. You mentioned some of those people, and I was thinking as you were talking that empty lot, is that the one you're talking about? Is it the one below Sandry Sandage? That's correct. Yep. And I remember that lot myself. But you think about the, the number of, of well-known names that were on that street, uh, including your parents and the Colliers, uh, the Stevensons and the the Holmans. That's correct. Uh, who was Baptist Parsonage? And then you you had Mister Reed around the corner, and and gosh, the Halls, and the, and the list goes on and on and on. Cleveland, Cleveland Thompson, Thompson family lived on the corner yeah. there at Melrose, and, and of course Henry built a lot of those houses. That's correct. Uh, in that area there, that my dad drew house plans for. Yes. Your dad actually did a uh, did the plans for a bookshelf gun case, you know, and one an addition that we put on the house. You know, it's it's so nice to find out these ties. Of course, uh, I remember your dad. One of the and if I could ever find it, it'd be great to have a copy of it. An old home movie that my dad took, and that was back when you the film looked like fabric, and you sent it off and had it uh, exposed. It was an old home movie, and I was. I guess I was old enough to walk, but your dad coming to the fence uh, between my his house and our grandparents and had a huge big slice of watermelon and sitting there and, <laughs> oh, and eating that and just I can see him so plain and the, you know I'm I don't think I'm that old and you're not that old but gosh those days seem so far yeah, away that is it's a long time ago how was it now I didn't get to do this like you did uh, a teenager and growing up in Nicholasville I mean you had some places that I guess it was George's drive-in still yes. George's drive-in was the hot spot yeah it was you know and of course the Dairy Queen down at the Sandman Motel, right? You know that was a, you know that's where a lot of the high school students worked then. The McDonald's had not come up along yet, but so George's was your was your main place. Drive around George's, George's back and forth, <laughs> and Hemphills, I guess, was always oh, yes. the hot yes. spot too. Those businesses that that I am old enough to remember, but miss so much. I don't know if you heard or not, but back in uh, January we had Jack Ward on. Oh, yes. Some of those places, Ward's Bakery, and all those places. Uh, it's it's so sad that we don't have places like. 
like that again. Well, and as a teenager, I worked for Thompson's Market, which then yeah. was across from Ward's Bakery. Right? Now, was that when it was in the uh, what I call the Hendrons Building? Uh, not or was kind it as the little yeah, yeah. the curved? No, that was, was one next door. Was, it was one next door. Yeah, when they moved next door right. to uh, which later become Von Groningen's. Yes. Who originally was located next to the radio station where the bank was. <laughs> fun times. Fun to remember all this kind of stuff. Well, Lee, I do appreciate you being with us today. We haven't had a whole lot of time together, and we probably could talk about a whole lot more memories. But one of the things that we want to do, especially on this 4th of July, is remember your dad, your mom. And, you know, they made significant contributions to our community in a lot of different ways. A lot of people remember uh, Lee especially as their banker and how nice he was and how well he treated people. But then there's a lot of people out there who remember or who don't know that he was involved, but some of their fondest memories in the summer is that 4th of July and the work that he put into it to make it special. And, and of course, personally, uh, I don't have to tell you how much I thought of those two people. Excellent, excellent parents you had. And they did pretty good, I guess, with their kids. I guess. Lee, Leo and Libby Wild, uh, two that I miss, and, and a lot of other people do too, but you can be proud proud of them and what they did for our town. Well, it's, it's a great honor to be able to talk about it. Great. Glad you were here. Thank you. Well, I want to thank Lee for talking to us about the Wild family and the impact they had on our community. We remember his mom and dad, Leo and Libby Wild, so very fondly and all that they touched in our community, not only in the banking business, but also in the fireworks displays every 4th of July. We hope you have a great Independence Day and hope you'll tune in again next Saturday as we do it one more time on All Things Jessamine each Saturday morning right here on Jess FM 105. 5.9.